Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Okie we're back. Back and better than ever. Um, we're going to keep it short today because Randy, not Randy, Andy and Ray, you know, if you combine their names, you get Randy. Yep. Think about yeah, that. It's perfect. Mind blowing. Um, they're dogging us for being longer than them. Yeah. We're going to do our best to keep it short today. So you got some of their notes this week. I did. Nasty notes. Yeah. Mean, yeah. mean spirited. Very mean. Not very Christian. Not very spirit filled. No, not at no. all. Um, so that means no joke for you this week. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but we are going to get into this text. Uh, so Matthew chapter seven, still in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, seeing how Jesus recreates new people in in his believers, his followers. I appreciated you picking up on that too, because I did not, uh, usually I mentioned something like that a couple of different times. And when I was quickly replaying the tape in my head, right after I was finished and you made that comment, I was, I, I was under my breath, I was thanking you for doing that because that's really important that we remember that. So thanks. That You're welcome. Good. You did You're good. You're welcome. Two thanks already. We're only a minute into this episode. Wow. Okay. All right. So one of, uh, I mean, the whole Sermon on the Mount seems like it's famous. Like you could quote any verse and people would say, oh, yeah, I know that. So another section here, ask and it will be given. The ask, seek, knock section of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, So I think one of the things that you set up for us pretty early on is that Jesus is not a genie. right? He's not the Aladdin character from the Disney movie or you just get three wishes and get whatever you want. Um, so one question, the first one is this, um, are you familiar with, I'm sure you are, cause it's in the Bible, um, the prayer of Jabez. Mm-hmm. Can I turn there real quick? You can. Um, because I've got just a question for you about that one. Mm-hmm. So first Chronicles chapter four, verse, uh, verse 10. Prayer of Jabez. This is a pretty big deal. It was like a while ago now, mm-hmm. probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. A book came out. I didn't read it. I don't know who wrote it. I just know it was a big deal. And some folks were pretty worked up about it. Um, because in the, the background of that is this is a verse where Jabez inserted in the middle of all of these genealogies, he this prayer comes in from Jabez and the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Um, you know, folks who like that, pray it. People who get brought up about that say, can't pray that. But here it is. First Chronicles 4.10. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. And then back to the genealogies. So God's not a genie in a bottle. We don't get three wishes. We have to ask in his will. Here's a prayer that doesn't seem to be, yeah, it seems to be a selfish prayer if you're just reading it. Like, oh man, yeah, God, give me a bigger bank account. Give me a larger property. Give me a nicer car. Give me good health. Keep me from bad things. Amen. What's your take? Uh, my take on the the prayer of Jabez and the way it was used was that 
it did not take into account those factors that you just listed. So in other words, when that, when that prayer, when that prayer, uh, it became well known because of the writings of the author. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I'll give you an example of, of what happens to, uh, and, and maybe this will help you too, if you're trying to sort out, um, here's, you know, Jesus makes it clear that if you ask, it'll be given to you. Yeah. Much like that prayer, that old Testament prayer. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'll try to do this quickly. Uh, so Michelle and I were on a, we were traveling somewhere and happened to have the radio on. And back then it was called Focus on the Family with uh, James Dobson. Yeah. James Dobson was interviewing the author of The Prayer of Jabez. Okay. And so we're traveling along. I forget what the occasion was, but we're traveling somewhere where we could listen to this for a while. And so it happened to be on. And so I'm listening to this. And the author of the book, Prayer of Jabez, mm -hmm. was saying to uh, folks in the family, uh, fellow folks in the family, mm -hmm. uh, in light of this particular prayer of Jabez, this is something that is a signal for you to expand your ministry. It was, it was a prophetic word coming from this author in light of the prayer of Jabez so mm -hmm. that it was a direct application. See what Jabez prayed. You pray that too. And I can see your ministry flourishing. Yeah. In this, in especially the enlarger, I forget how that was, enlarger tents or enlarger borders, yeah, borders, something like that. So I remember um, my reaction to that, to that broadcast. Yeah. And I thought, this is going to be very interesting to see over the next year or two what happens to this organization. And sure enough, what happened to the organization was rather than expanding, they had to make major cuts, mm. uh, major cuts in funding, major cuts. Uh, I mean, major budget cuts, including personnel. Focus on family? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was obviously the opposite of the prayer of Jabez. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to tell you that story, sure, I, didn't know you were, I didn't know you were bringing up the prayer of Jabez, but since you no, did, yeah. there's an example of why think on Sunday I said be careful that you're not so disillusioned by life and your prayer life that you don't believe what Jesus is saying so there's so many of us that have had unanswered prayers or like that example focusing the family anybody that was that was really thinking about what that man said to Dr. Dobson and then what happened to the organization would have to say what happened to the prayer of Jabez and so the disillusionment comes in because what we don't do in our prayer life is we don't adjust it to the priority of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's, in, it's so important for us that to put a text like this into practice beyond Sunday, my prayer life has to reflect first and foremost, God, I need your help in order to function well for you. Mm -hmm. And whatever that means, right? Yeah. That could mean Calvary Bible Church doing well or not doing well, mm -hmm. according to worldly or normal human standards yeah. but I but I need to be praying I need to be praying this believing that there's a guarantee uh, that if my prayers are aligned with God's will he will not withhold a good gift from me because it's good for his glory so something along those now I'm not sure if I answered your question yeah. about Jabez's prayer but yeah so I mean this is coming off of the heels of the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer. Just the chapter before that. Right. Chapter and 6, so, verse 9 to 12, I think. Yeah, so we've got some of those requests in that prayer. Yeah. 
but those are a little more basic requests. Yeah. Uh, forgiveness, food, and protection. So, protection. Yes. Yeah. Spiritual protection. The back end. The back end of that prayer. Those three requests are for very, very basic physical and spiritual needs. Right. Yeah. Jabez's prayer is beyond that. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. asking, please don't give me the bad things. Give me good things. Yeah. Extend my borders, yeah. including no pain. Right. Um, yeah. And then now Jesus follows up and says, ask and yep. it'll be given, yep. seek and knock. Yep. So you've got scholar friends. I do. I, I do yep. too. You, do you? I do. Good. Yeah, I do too. What um, are yours say? Um, so one of my scholar friends, his name is William Branch. Okay. William Branch. William Branch. Uh, he is a hip hop artist. And those are my friends. Good. And he's got this song um, titled, Give Me That. So forgive the yep. spelling. Yep. It's okay. um, but what he says in the song is, God, whatever you have for me, give it to me. Yep. Give me, give me your favor. Give me your blessing. Give me the good and give me the bad. But whatever you have, just give it to me because I want it yep. and it's good for me. Yep. And I, so I want it all. Even the pain. Yeah. Yep. And I really appreciated actually that song. You can check it out. Okay. For those of you who can bear hip hop, yeah, his name's, um, his artist name is the ambassador. Um, and the song is Gimme That. But what I like about that song is he he asks, he says, like in the song, it's he's saying to God, that's who he's speaking to. Give me if it's mine. He says, let me quote it, if it's mine and it's good for me, I want it all. Yeah. Um, but he recognizes that some of those things are going to be extending the, the boundaries yeah. and some of them are going to be shrinking. Um, but whatever it is, we want to ask in God's will. And yeah. so, yeah, just kind of trying to balance out my mind beyond Sunday when I'm praying. Is it okay to be asking for things like, like Jabez was, but also recognizing that, yeah, it doesn't always happen that way. And whatever the case is, my heart needs to be yeah. asking from the right place and dealing with the answers yeah. in the right way. But wouldn't it be great, though, if our faith family on a regular basis every day asking God, God, would you please enlarge my influence for your kingdom today? Yeah. Think, just think about what that would do to the church mm -hmm. if that was the type of prayer that we were asking. And that's, yeah. that's different from most of our prayer lists, mine mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that the value of, of looking at this, this section is don't, don't deny the guarantee don't reject the guarantee. Don't argue with the guarantee. Just put it in the context of the Sermon on the Mount where we're seeking first the kingdom of God, the very end of chapter six. Mm -hmm. If we're seeking first the kingdom of God, that's reflected in our prayer life. And so what we're praying for is, God, I really want to be more valuable to you today. He will not, not, he, he will answer that prayer. Yeah. It just might not look the way that we, we think it always looks and part of that is because we're in a badly broken world and he must redeem pain and trouble too mm -hmm. i mean in order for us to to be able to uh, rejoice i forget the exact wording but where we're supposed to be able to rejoice in our weaknesses mm -hmm. you know because that's when we're really strong that's god redeeming us in a badly broken world so even that has the potential to expand the kingdom yeah. it's just not what we want not as right. human beings, we would rather have 
the the dat that is better. Yeah, not the not the pain. <laughs> that's good. You should write some songs. I should not. <laughs> um, okay, so trying like my mind. What I want to ask is, what's okay to pray for and what's not okay to pray for? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think if I were to say, yeah, I, I want to pray for my friend who's not a follower of Christ, right. I pray for his soul. Yep. Um, everyone across the board is going to say yes and amen to that. That's a good prayer. Yeah. God's pleased by that prayer. Yeah. Yeah. He's not willing that any should perish. Um, but then what if I said, well, you know what? I really like to have um, some extra funds in my bank account. Um, is it okay to pray for that? The yes and amen is maybe not quite as as loud and bold. Um, yeah. But maybe just because the question is, why are you asking for that? Right. Why yeah. am I asking What's for increased motive? financial influence? Yeah. Um, is it to be generous or is mm-hmm. it to uh, you know, you know, go on lavish vacations? Yeah. Or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Wasteful spending. Well, yeah. Remember, Not that lavish vacations are necessarily wasteful spending. I'm going to get myself in trouble, so yeah. I'm just going to stop talking. But but a couple of but remember a week or two back, one of the issues that was brought up was, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in, on Sunday, not the, not this podcast, but on Sunday uh, a week or so ago, I said, wouldn't it be interesting? You know, do we know do we know of anybody that says I really I want to take on part time work because I want to give more to the kingdom, mm-hmm. as opposed to I need part time I need more part time work so that I can have more good things. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about somebody who has to get a part-time job because they're not making it financially. That's, I mean, yeah. a lot of us have been through times like that mm-hmm. where we, we just need more income. And so we find it somehow. Yeah. But that's, so there's two different ways of looking at that prayer request. And, and I think you hit on it. A kingdom citizen, somebody that's being, uh, somebody that's a Christ follower, their request for extra funding has to reflect kingdom values. Mm-hmm. And that would be one of the ways to think that through. So take your prayer list, you know, and analyze your your uh, sort of consistent prayer list. Mm-hmm. The one that stays there and you pray that a lot. Yeah. And just look at that list, go back to this text and ask yourself, if God answers that prayer, is it because he's giving you a good kingdom gift? Is it a kingdom gift? a good gift mm-hmm. of the kingdom. So if we keep kingdom values in mind, uh, that I think is, I think that's the best way to look at our, our prayer life. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe that some of the disillusionment about our prayer times is probably related to, we haven't, we haven't thought carefully about what we ask the father for. And as a good father, what is he going to give us? He's going to give us good gifts, mm-hmm. but he's totally focused on his glory. So I, uh, what I right. need to say to God today is, Father, would you please give me your good gifts that I need to glorify you today? Yeah, That's a prayer that he has to answer. Yeah, He has to. He's locked yeah. into that because of his character. And we're always asking for things we don't have, right? So whether it's yeah. growth that we need, yeah. whether it's a, a spouse, you know, if yeah. you're single and you desire a spouse or spouse for your kids, yeah. you know, what, again, what is it that's driving it? Okay, so how about this, right? Purposes? Yeah, so if I, and I, I, I heard this from, uh, I don't know if it was D.A. Carson or one of the uh, 
you know, my conversation partners in the Sermon on the Mount lately have been Dan Carson and Craig Keener. I, every once in a while, uh, the old uh, minister from London. Yeah, thank you. So, but just just think about the, the, the instruction to keep asking, to ask and seek and knock. And I would say that your that your spiritual life, the depth of it, is determined by what you're asking for. So, for instance, what are you asking God for with respect to your spiritual life? Let's let's just start there. Look at your prayer list, and what are you praying? What are you asking the Father for with respect to your ability to walk with Him? That would be a way to to really start at sort of a foundation level of. My ability to live the Christian life is dependent upon the supernatural work of God. Well, what am I asking him for? What if I'm not asking him for anything concerning my walk, my character? It shows that it's not a priority for you. Then my Christian life is going to show that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the good gifts of the kingdom affect, they greatly affect my ability to live for him. So. I could easily see, I mean, you're the only one that can check your prayer list, but I can easily see prayer lists not aimed at, Father, there's a lot of work in me that needs to be done. Would you please give me the good gift of repentance in this area and so forth? Yeah. I think that's important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's actually really helpful. Um, so thank you. There's a thank you for me to you. It's the first one. Okay, two to one. You owe me. Are He's we keeping score? We are now. Um, I bet Ray and Andy are keeping score on the time. <laughs> All right, we've got a few minutes left. I got one more um, question to throw at you. So, take the parable of the persistent widow, which is not in Matthew. Right. So, we're not jumping head into this book. It's the other gospel, one of the other gospels. Um, the parable of the persistent widow, yep. just ask and ask and yep. ask. And then I'm also thinking about Esau in Hebrews 12. He desired repentance. He oh, sought after yeah, it. Yeah. But the answer was no. Couldn't find it. So seek and you will find. Did was was Esau seeking and told no? And so that's a really puzzling sure. verse yeah. in a lot of ways. And then we've got this other parable, this widow that just keeps asking this unjust judge. That the name? Yeah. Okay. Not mixing them up. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Okay, so uh, right after church was over, yeah, right in front of us. Um, so she used to be Hannah Spoonauer. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I forget her name now. Hannah, uh, is it Hannah and Glenn? Hannah and Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. I so Hannah was there with the two with her two children. I think mm -hmm. right in front. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they were both merged because I yep. questioned that at first. I thought maybe one of them was Aaron's, but they were both Hannah. So Hannah turned around and said, "Is this? Is that the same?" Is that the same teaching? And I said, no, it's not the same teaching, but it's good teaching about prayer. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about the persistent part where, you know, if we're, and if you wanted to tie it into this text, the ask, the good grammarians, uh, some of you will know the ask, the seek, and the find is that you're supposed to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just breezed through that. You know, I said it a couple of different times. But, uh, so in that, in that parable, the teaching is very, very clear. Mm -hmm. Wear God out. Just yeah. wear him out. Because mm -hmm. if I, I remember it with the old English. Because of his importunity is the way the old English used to read that text. He answers the request because 
she kept asking. She was pestering him and wouldn't stop. And finally, he just caved in. Yeah. So it's a very interesting way to think about approaching God. Can you define importunity for everyone out there? Yeah, I did. I, I did. It was just the, you know, you wear him out with your constant request. Will you please stop? I mean, yeah. if you keep waking me up in the middle of the night, yeah. at some point I'm going to give in and say, okay, okay, I'll give you Fine. whatever you're asking for. Right. Just let me sleep. I love that parable. It's a good it's one. one of my favorites. It's, it's an encouraging prayer parable to just keep asking. And unlike human parents like myself, like when my kids keep asking, sometimes the answer turns into a hard no. Yeah. Stop yeah. asking me. I told you no. But God's different in that way where he wants us to just keep coming. And, but remember, the reason why he doesn't have that reaction that you have sometimes <laughs> is because the assumption is that the Christ follower is pestering God about kingdom values. Mm -hmm. Not like sometimes it's your children. Piece of candy. It's not the same. So remember, you have to take it in context. Yeah. Now, but the Esau issue. Yes. Okay. If you if you know if you know a little bit about Esau in the Old Testament and you know how he's characterized there and you know what it says in Hebrews about him, yeah. you do not have someone who has kingdom values. Right. I could just yeah. I, that's that's enough for that. Right. And this, the verses say, preceding that set him up as he was sexually immoral. He was a man who was not after God's yeah. Yeah. heart, which you don't find that out in the Old Testament. No. Uh -huh. yeah, you know you'd have to you read that and you go. Oh, this is an interesting estimation of him. Yeah. Because the, the narrative, the, the initial narratives in Genesis didn't paint him quite like that. No. And then he kind of fades off for a while yeah. in the Genesis story. Yeah. Um, so he's different. He's he's not he's not portrayed to us in the book of Hebrews as someone to emulate. No, no, not at all. Um, good. Okay. So that's all I got for you. Thank you. Up by two. Three, it's going to be to one. It's going to be we're too not much keep, to we're overcome. not keeping score, but um, yeah. Okay. And hopefully, uh, you know, on Sunday we keep asking the Lord for things that are kingdom priority. Yeah, and, and live that out for His glory. And having uh, unchurched, non-believing friends in your life is a kingdom priority. And I bring that up because of Friends Day. So yeah. So the week before Friends Day, it's coming up just a few days away and maybe even soon, depending on when you're listening. So it's not too late. Invite some folks out. Um, there should be plenty of chicken. Yeah. Okay. Austin's got like a lot of chicken ordered. Um, so we're ready to roll for Sunday. We're excited. It'll be a great day. And we're going to be in Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7, um, 12 to 14. Yeah. And pray for the visitors because the that's really clear on. Yeah. Enter by the narrow gate. Not so, the Broadway. No. So it's, it's a great text and uh, passage for us to cover with our friends, unchurched friends on Sunday. So invite them out. Have a great day of celebrating and eating some good chicken barbecue. All right, cool. All right, thanks uh, for joining us. And again, you can send your emails, as always, to podcast at cbcmj.com. We will get after them right here. Thanks, Randy. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.